Hi folks, here we go again. Um, our content warnings this week, uh, ADHD, anxiety, gastrointestinal health, um, systematic racism and abuse, uh, the pandemic, cat poop and dogs, and colonialism. So you're going in warned. Um, our second warning is that uh, we often swear, although there may be less swearing this week. We'll see. And as your third warning, we have pets right now. Shaw is staring around things. Shaw the cat, he's on my desk. I, I'm not dodging Sergey. But we have cats, we have a dog, and uh, we have chickens. The chickens should not be making noise. They're all in bed right now while I'm recording. So, yeah. So, hi folks, welcome to Productivity Alchemy episode 278. We had a bit of a shuffle um, in scheduling. So we're working through that right now. This was originally supposed to air, I want to say, in two weeks. But, you know, things happen. So things happen. Isn't that awesome? Uh, speaking of things happening, um, Ursula finished a book today. Uh, so she is not recording because she is mentally drained. And I am right there with you. I have also had a very interesting week with work and nothing bad, excuse me, but um, certainly, you know, uh, taxing on my brain. And despite having just come off what is essentially a four-day weekend, I'm tired. I don't have the spell slots to banter. I don't have the spell slots to do a lot of things. It's it's uh, a, little, a little tricky. Um, we're fine. Everything's fine. It's just, you know, <laughs> catching up after four days of being off, at least in my case, is exhausting. Um, especially since some of those days, the rest of the company wasn't off. Oh boy. Um, that much being said, hey, I do have an absolutely fantastic talk with um, Christina Vasilevsky who sat down from Canada, the faraway foreign exotic land of the North, Canada, uh, to speak with us. <laughs> I'm making myself laugh. I apologize. But uh, to talk about how she stays productive. And you know what? We're just going to get right to it. And so we'll have that for you right after this. Honestly, I, I miss the the recording has started robot voice from my old recording setup. But anyway, hi folks. I am here today with Christine, and we are going to talk about how she stays productive. Um, and you're a longtime listener, first time interview. So can you do what is a significantly better job than I just did <laughs> introducing yourself and tell us about what you do? Uh, hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Christina Vasilevsky. I live in the greater Toronto area in Canada in a suburb just outside of Toronto proper. Um, so 
for my day job, I work as a content designer for one of Canada's big five banks. And basically, uh, content design is a fairly new term. I want to say it's come in vogue in the past maybe year or two. Um, it, the, it covers a lot of what others might call UX writing and content strategy. So writing copy for the web and mobile interfaces, um, looking at the user journey, user intent when visiting a web page, uh, doing some SEO work, uh, user research accessibility in web content. So uh, in my current role with the bank, I've been there for a year, but before mm-hmm. that, I use I but I've generally worked in the world of online content for over a decade now, which is kind of unbelievable. Um, I've done content management, web, web writing, SEO, WordPress. Um, I I've done some work with other banks in the past. I worked before that for a few years with one of Canada's big three telecoms. One of those telecom telecoms uh, was. God, this was in the '90s before they crashed and burned. Was you oh know, Nortel? You're thinking of Nortel, right? Oh yeah, yeah, Nortel, absolutely. Yeah, they yeah. Uh, they they employed my ex-wife for many years, and they ah. were a big um, a big uh, uh, customer for when I was working for a web design and programming firm in the '90s. Yeah, so, I'm a bit yeah. too young to be to to have been hit by Nortel, but I I remember it was in the headlines when I was much younger. Yeah. I, I will never forget the sketch where they're talking about wall where they're like showing this woman wallpapers and she's like, Oh, what's this? These are Nortel stock certificates. Oh, what lovely reproductions. No, ma'am, this entire roll for $50 is a genuine stock certificate. So <laughs> I'm just like, Oh wow. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, but yeah, I, I've been working in online world ish things for a while myself. I dig it. Mm-hmm. I dig it. Um, yeah. All right. So that's day. Uh, yeah, so um, more professionally, just a bit more background. I'm also a mm-hmm. member of Editors Canada, and I am a certified copy editor through them. I've been a member for 10 years. Um, on the life side of things, um, I used to be really involved in SFF criticism. So okay. like writing my own reviews of major uh, of science fiction fantasy works and interviewing Canadian authors in particular. But and to at one point I was even nominated for an Aurora Award, which is Canada's version of the Hugo. Oh yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but the pandemic sort of uh, put all that off to the side. I just haven't had the focus to really do that for the past few years. And speaking of which, uh, yeah, uh, the pandemic and also uh, uh, you and Ursula talking about it on Twitter and social media in mm-hmm. general was one of the major reasons why I decided I was finally going to get a diagnosis. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. And in 2020, I was diagnosed with ADHD and anxiety. So, so yeah. Which live together so very often. Yeah. I, I, I know Ursula's talked a lot about using how anxiety often manifests as a coping mechanism for ADHD. And I, I can say that is very likely the case for me. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, what else in your not work hours? Um, let's see. I'm sure there's other stuff going oh, on. Gosh, Obviously, you're yeah. an avid reader. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, well, not as avid as I used to be. My husband, he is the reader. He's He okay. easily clears like over 100 books and gone Goodreads every year. I think like wow. as of now, he's like probably around 130, 140. Oh, if only. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I often liken our different reading patterns to um, I'm a python. I, 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 I sleep, 
And then my brain wakes up and I find the right book. And if it's the right book, I will inhale the fucking thing. <laughs> I, I, like, yeah. like, and then I, I'm like, I have inhaled the book. It is sitting in my book gut. I am going to digest this book for a while. And, you know, if you look closely at the Python, you can see the outline of the pig in its tail. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> My husband, I like to call him a reading goat because he's constantly nibbling, constantly grazing. Okay. So, and like, I, I am envious of the fact that he can just be like, all right, I finished a giant Stephen King novel. I'm going to go to a Catwoman graphic, graphic novel now. I, I just, I can't switch gears that easily. I just can't. I, uh, my problem is I can only graze. So maybe it's much more the, the, you know, ruminant. I will, I will, when I have time, I will read some and then I will have to put it down and do other things. And maybe I can come back to it and read some. And then I hit like a really good spot and then I'm up until four in the morning. Um, which is what I did with, uh, with the last, um, just finish it with, uh, uh, Nona the ninth. So, okay. See, I have a huge yeah. to read pile and, uh, Gideon the ninth is still on that giant pile. So I'm nowhere near ready for Nona yet. I haven't even yeah. read the first one. Move um, that to the top. Move it to the top. Oh my <laughs> God, move it to the top. Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> I would say that the last big, big book that I just really inhaled, mm -hmm. uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plug a particular Canadian science fiction and fantasy author. Her name is Kate Hartfield. And she just had a book come out earlier this year called The Embroidered Book. Ooh. And it's basically... Um, Imagine if Mary Antoinette secretly knew magic and was somehow, uh, and that was, and, and the, the existence of magic in the world was a secret catalyst for the French Revolution. Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. That, that one, that one is now going to be added to my to read pile when I, yep. uh, when I get my Kindle out later. Um, <laughs> Or when I'm going through these show notes in, let's see, uh, yeah, this one is probably due out in November, so folks, keep me honest. Um, so let's see, yeah, um, what else? There has to be other stuff. Yeah. Oh, um, let's you, see. You just, you, just have a th you just have that air that says there is more. Oh, gosh, um, thank you. I, I, flattery <laughs> will get you everywhere. Um, let's see. One thing that I do on the side that I need to, I, I've been very lax about it over the past few weeks, is there's a community, I have a, a plot in a local community garden that I share with a friend. Mm -hmm. So it's probably overrun with tomatoes right now. I really need to go harvest, but it's been really rainy lately. I think like the sort of, um, the, residu the res residual effects of Hurricane Fiona are finally hitting us in Ontario. Yes. So it's been quite rainy yes. for the past few days. And uh, another thing that I've just literally started doing very recently, and I'll talk mm -hmm. about this more later on, is I'm teaching myself how to play an instrument. Ooh. Yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a drum, but it's not like your typical sort of a Ringo Starr, Dave Grohl type drum. It's, right. um, it's a musical drum. It's called a tongue drum. And when I tell people about it, they're like, why is it called a tongue drum? Are there tongues on it? But like, imagine like a flying saucer made of metal. And, yeah. Yeah. and you have these um, flaps that are laser cut into it and the mm -hmm. flaps vibrate and the, and the flaps are shaped almost like tongues, just the shape of them. And the size of the flap determines the tone it vibrates at, which determines, yeah, you know, how high pitched or low pitched it is. 
I'm reasonably sure I've seen those. Yes. Yeah. So Very I'm specific. learning. Yeah. I'm learning how to play. Well, I have a few, but there's a big fancy one that I literally just got last week that I'm learning how to play. And <laughs> I'll, I'll talk about that more. Uh, later yeah, on. yeah. 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 So yeah, right. gardening. Uh, I also, um, I have two cats, which I am very obsessed with. Um, they're not going to show up on the camera just because they're not those kinds of cats. Um, one of them, if the door were open, he would probably come in here like, Hey mom, what's going on? But, um, the other cat is very shy. So. Yeah. Meanwhile, I think I've already had three come to, or, or at least two come through here, see what's going on and then turn around and leave. Yeah. So, I saw, yes. I oh, saw there's your orange, orange cat now. Yeah. That's, Hello. that's Cammy. Yeah. No, she's behind the monitor now. Oh, no. Oh, wait. Okay. We're, we're going to thread the needle between the edge of the desk, the back of the monitor and the cords. So if there's so. any crashing, I'll know what happened. She's delicate and dainty about it. Hey, sweetie bear. Um, oh, I see the tail. Hi. Yes. Here, you want to, you want to, you need snuggles. This is, this is Aww. my life. This is, oh, nope, nope. We're not interested in that. Well, we'll see. Maybe she's about to clean my head and you get the, <laughs> nope, nope. We're just going to, yep. You're going to go find the spot that Sarah likes to sleep in and then sleep in it just to piss him off. Aren't you? <laughs> That's my girl. Um, she's been that lot like that with him since she was a kitten. So, uh, right. Um, boom, boom, boom. That's a lot. <laughs> well, you were asking lot. for more. I just thought I'd give you more. Yes, yes, yes. Um, alrighty. Well, then that gives us a another question. Uh, and that question is, um, how do you keep all of that organized? And, okay, so, and stay productive. Yeah. So I use, uh, so I'm going to separate it out about organized work life versus organized home life. I'm just going to start first with work because, you know, we're, we're, it sounds like we're in fairly similar work environments because I, I kind of, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, I often, so I would say that the things I rely on most, uh, for keeping myself on track are three programs in particular, uh, okay. Outlook, Slack, and Excel. So I get lots and lots of, e I, maybe I don't get as many emails as I used to, but I get whenever something comes in my inbox that I realize I need to action or I need to respond mm -hmm. to, um, I use the flag feature in Outlook. And then I use okay. the bookmark feature in Slack for similar messages I get like, you know, oh, Christina, we need to add this particular piece of copy to Confluence. It needs to go to translation. That, right, that's actually right. one of the things I do as well is um, I, I, I speak French. I understand French, but I'm not equipped to translate French. But I have access to the portal we use to submit translation. So I will often coordinate translation requests for people. And um, when I get stuff back, I can or people ask me, hey, what does this mean? I can actually get it. I, I, I have enough French because I'm Canadian that right, I right. can take a look at a piece of English copy and a piece of French copy side by side and assess how similar or how accurate the, tra the translation is. Yeah. Um, just be like, no. <laughs> yeah. Or like, okay, well we have this phrase in English and I don't see the equivalent phrase in French. So it's missing or we need to, or I'll see if I can find an equivalent somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. So um, if I get these requests, either through Outlook or through Slack, I will use whatever bookmarking feature is available. Mm -hmm. And then either in Outlook, there's the for follow-up folder. And then in Slack, there's the saved messages folder. And basically 
Right. That is sort of where I keep my active to-do list in those two particular repositories. Um, and then basically it's a case of as soon as something is actioned off or finished, I unflag it because otherwise I, I need to have the satisfaction of checking that thing off my list. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's and half so, the reason we keep lists. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then on top of that, I keep track in general of all of the various projects that I'm working on in Excel. Like I have a spreadsheet and I have like different tabs for different teams that I'm part of. And on each tab, I might have, you know, here's a summary of the story. Here are the stakeholders involved. Here is the current status. Mm-hmm. Here are my notes about the current status. Like, you know, what's the translation request right, number? Right. What are the URLs in Figma or Confluence? And as soon as something is completed or actioned, I'll mark that story complete and then it'll disappear. And um, one thing I do at the end of every workday is I go through all of the flagged items I have either in Outlook or in Slack. And that becomes the basis for tomorrow's to-do list. Right. And then, yeah. I was going to say, you say it disappears in... Excel, which means you have some some filters and some stuff. So when you say it's done, it just goes away. Yeah. So um, I filter. So that, like I, I tend to mm-hmm. mark my stories as either in progress or complete, and then I right. hide these. Sto- so I use a filter to sort of hide the completed items. So that yeah. way, I just focus on what is in progress or what is on hold or what I haven't started yet. But if I want to, I can I can undo that filter and then take a look at the complete stories and be like, hey, this story is complete. The translation request number was one, two, three, four, five, six. Let's go into the translation yeah. portal and pull that up. So I still have it there. I'm just oh, making me. sure it's not cluttering my view. Yeah, I'm a big fan of of filtering spreadsheets and uh, especially when you're using them as a to do list. Yeah, uh, for that very purpose. Yes. Yeah, and then. Um, uh, like I said a few minutes ago, I go back to my saved items, my flagged items, and then mm-hmm. the that becomes the basis of the following today's to-do list. You know, I, 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 I how I tend to organize my to-do list is I do I, I have like three or four different sections. There's the easy stuff, which maybe you know, send this file to translation, email so and so about X, or yeah, the yeah, hard yeah. stuff, which is look at this flow in Figma and make comments or um, rewrite this FAQ page. And then I also have a separate section for meetings and then a separate section for miscellaneous things like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to take an hour and do a quick grocery run in the afternoon. There you go. Yeah. 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 So you're not an office driven person at the moment. Um, well, I, Outlook is pretty central to what I do. Um, and I, Okay, so I, I, I was I was so, talking more physical office, physical office. Oh no, no. So yeah, yeah, I've been working from home pretty much permanently since the pandemic started. I think um, I have only been to my office. So after joining the current place I work, I've only been to the office twice, and the last time was about two weeks ago, and I'm going again in about two days. It's. They're, they are they are encouraging people to go back, but I think because I'm part of a digital team, like we are literally yeah. the digital team at the bank, they're giving us a bit more leeway as opposed to say yeah. if you're a bank teller. I, I was going to say, yeah, we um, the last company event that I that we actually had in person um, was in November of 2019 in Toronto. Oh, so yeah, um, and then. 
it was like, yeah, and then everything went to, uh, you know, hell in a handbasket in 2020. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know, it, at this point, I've been with this company for uh, three years now, three and a half years, and I've been to our headquarters once for new hire, and the one uh, all hands, like six months later, and that's it. And <laughs> so we are complete. We've always been remote first yeah. so it's just it's just weird to think about people like it's not weird to think about i just it's uh incredibly privileged for me to be like no i don't ever have to worry about going into an office yeah right? I, I mean i recognize how incredibly lucky i am how incredibly, yeah, incredibly yeah, yeah. privileged i am like my husband he works in education so there's not much of an op- you know he's gotta go oh yeah yeah so yeah um but yeah, okay, so digital, yeah, everything is digital for work because that's what you do. Yeah. Um, yep. And now you, you say you keep two systems, one for work and one for home. Yeah. So What's for, the home system? Yeah. The home system is decidedly a bit more low tech. It's lots of, so like like the, the, the work system is note taking, but all very digital. And the, the home system right, right, is right. still a little digital, but it's mostly paper and whiteboards and stuff like that. So. Um, you know, I have, um, there's a notepad that I have on the fridge. It's one of those grocery list notepads. So, you know, oh, yeah. whenever, you, whenever you run out of something, check it off the list so that you know to go for it next time at the store. Um, I can share the link for. I Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, we just have a shared note in Apple Notes now. Oh, okay. But, <laughs> but it, I, you know. Yeah. I, I Same basic thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, so I use that to keep track of groceries. Um, and then I have a similar notepad on the fridge for meal planning every week. So like Saturday or Sunday of the week, I'll be like, all right, what do I want to make for dinner that night? Because knowing ahead of time just makes it's, it reduces the load. Oh, it's so nice. Yes. And you know, then I know, okay, if I'm going to make something with sausages or chicken tomorrow, I'll take it out of the fridge tonight and leave it to defrost. So it's ready for when I cook. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And then on top of that, um, there is a large whiteboard calendar that my husband and I keep in our main hallway that we use to put down major family events, like, you know, doctor's appointments, um, family engagements, phone calls Mm -hmm. we need to make, uh, that sort of thing. You know, if I'm going into the office, that'll go on the, on the whiteboard. And, um, you know, we keep that updated every month. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of like home organization, there are certain household things I try and do every day because if I don't, they're going to pile up. Like, um, I don't have a dishwasher where I live. I don't. So got to hand wash those dishes every night. And then, uh, and you know, since I mentioned, I have two cats got to clean the litter box every day. So those, those I would say are the two most important daily chores that I focus on is the dishwashing and the litter boxes, because the, the litter boxes are actually literally right behind me in the office I work at it, like in my home office. So um, if I don't keep them up to date, then it's just not going to be a good work day. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, we have to keep three because everybody has the in different places. Um, you know, just because everybody has their opinion Mm-hmm. this thing um and one of them was designed specifically to be dog proof and what we found out many years ago before he left us may he 
have found happiness somewhere. Oh, Gurr the Beagle, we miss you. Not really. <laughs> um, but it was not Beagle proof. So, uh, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've heard that about dogs. I've heard that about dogs. Yeah, now, Lacey, Lacey it can't get in two out of the three, and so we're just like, you know what? We'll just we'll just leave it. If you, if you need to go treasure hunting, sweetie, uh, there's the one that, you know, it, yeah. So, at least one doesn't need scooped every day. I know, everybody out there is going, oh my god, that's disgusting, and you know what? It, it kind of is. Not. Let me go yeah, back and I mean, put, but yeah, also, um, okay. cat poop and dogs on the content warnings. There we go. <laughs> Yeah. So that's um yeah, so the two key ones clean the litter box, dish do do your dishes. Yeah. Um I mean there yeah. are nights where I where I I let those things slide, but I try to make those the outlier. So Yeah, yeah. Oh, for a while when it was, you know, when the dishwasher was broken and there were six of us in the house, yeah, dishes every night. Um, yeah, for for it, it, it it's just the two of us, so it could be worse. Yeah. Oh, wait, there were only five of us, because it was Ursula, myself, Jacob, Shepard, and Liz. So, yeah, only five of us. Still, that's a lot of people. Yeah. And a lot of dishes, yeah. Yeah. Um, other than that, um, let's see, what, what other tools do I use? I used to use Habitica for a few years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at first, it really, you know, checked off that it, 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 it was a great hit way to get dopamine. Oh, you know, I, I wash oh, the yeah. dishes. Check. I cleaned the litter box. Check. But over time, I felt it was giving me more anxiety because I kept on wanting, wanting to add new things to check off. That is, yeah, that is, um, uh, that is so common. And uh, that's one of the reasons I've noticed. Well, that's one of the reasons and people with ADHD have told me this, that they actually change apps frequently mm -hmm. um like an app is only good for a certain amount of time and then either it becomes um object permanence it loses all permanence because it's there and so uh, their brain stops paying attention to it or um it builds anxiety yeah you know so yeah there, there's this one thing i've i've learned about adhd that i do find applicable to my own experience which is the whole thing about um interest novelty mm -hmm. challenge and urgency yep. and that like if the thing you are doing satisfies one of those four uh criteria it is something that you will focus on if you have adhd because it's it's, it's yeah. hitting the right part of your brain but if it doesn't do any of those things then it, then you're not going to do it unless it starts fulfilling one of those criteria like right. if your dishes are piled high and you have no bowls that's when it becomes urgent and that's when you do the dishes I don't, right. I try not to let it get that high because otherwise it'll just make me anxious. But yeah. I, yeah, no, that is one of my few things is I can't stand, uh, like before I can even cook, I have to do all the dishes. Like whether it's load the dishwasher or unload the dishwasher, load the dishwasher and then hand wash the things that need to be hand washed or, you know, I just, I, for whatever reason, I have to have an empty sink and it makes me anxious. Us. That that's my little bit of uh, it, and it's a family trait. Like we all have it apparently in my family. So okay, um, yeah, I need to stand. I apologize. No so, problem. Um, fortunately, this is a high enough desk that I can sit, stand, and take notes. Um, 
All right, so yeah, keeping track of things with ADHD and making sure they hit those buttons. Um, do you schedule out like your practice sessions or when you're going to sit down and learn things? Or is that more of a, I have free time tonight, so I'm going to just go do it? Well, the the instrument that I just got, the, the big one that I'm super excited about right now, I literally just got oh. last week. Ah. So, <laughs> so it is. I still have yet to establish a routine. Mm-hmm. Um, I took, a, I have a feeling I want to try and make it a regular thing, like maybe half an hour every day. Yeah. Um, but, uh, there's actually like a course that I'm taking online to learn how to play this instrument. And I, and I took a look at how many different modules there are in the course. And I think that if I do things pretty diligently, I might be able, I might be able to finish all of the modules by the end of the year. Right, right, right. But that's oh, not, wow. I, I don't know. I don't know how, how likely, like, it just depends on, on how my own skill progresses. If I feel that I'm going slower or faster than that established baseline. Right, right. And I mean, it, it can vary. You might have a really good week where you knock out a whole bunch of modules and then you might have a bad week where you only do a couple. That's one of the yeah. joys of that sort of online learning is you can pace yourself. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, cool, 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 cool. Um, all right. What are we missing? Um, there was one other thing I wanted to add, which is, um, how I keep track of my finances. And there is one particular app that I have found, like it is central to sort of maintaining my own peace of mind about my finances. And it is called, Mm. uh, YNAB which I, I think other people on your show may have mentioned at one point or another. It's a YNAB is short for you need a budget. Oh yes. You need a budget. Yes. Yes. And it is a zero budget. It's a zero budgeting system. So the yeah. idea is you are planning your future purchases using money you already have on hand, as opposed mm-hmm. to expecting, well, you know, I'm going to be, I, I expect to spend this much per month on so-and-so. And then you, 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 you track your expenses after the fact. It's more a case of, I just got paid. Uh, let's say a few thousand bucks came into my account. How mm-hmm. much of those few thousand bucks am I going to divert towards the little bucket I have for my mortgage, the bucket right. I have for groceries, the bucket I have for fun, the bucket mm-hmm. I have for ordering in. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, it's the uh, yeah envelope system is is yeah. what it was before because you would take your cash and you would literally put it into envelopes which yeah. oh boy yeah it never it never clicked with me it never clicked with me so um and I've tried I've tried that same system multiple times and it just never never seems to click with me so but if it works for you more power to you oh yeah i mean Uh like the the big thing with YNAB is that last year Mm -hmm. they raised their subscription by quite a bit so Mm -hmm. i was debating whether to renew it this year but i realized it's it's so central to how i organize my life and if you break it down on on a cost basis it's about the same as in like okay i paid Okay, so YNAB is built in American dollars. And yes. the currency exchange rate is always brutal between Canada and the US. I know that. Oh, much. yeah. Oh, yeah. So it was in Canadian dollars, a yearly subscription was about 135 bucks. Okay. So if you think about it, okay, 135 divided by yeah. 12. 
is eleven bucks, eleven twenty-five. So that's that's a yeah. Netflix subscription. Yeah. And frankly, I I use YNAB and I get far more value <laughs> out of YNAB than I do Netflix, even though I subscribe to Netflix too. So. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think, it, and part of that also is the it works it works for you, not against you and how your brain works, mm -hmm. which I think is really important. I found myself fighting the app more than I did. Right. And I'm just like, Nope, I'm not, I'm not going to spend the money on this. Um, especially when there are other apps out there that like, I really like mint. I really like, um, there's some Mac specific apps that are really good. Mm. And that's where the other things come in is I have to be able to sync across all the things. If I can't sync across yeah. all the things then I'm going to lose track of it. And I know uh, YNAB does a good job with that, but I seem to recall something about its Mac support being a little. Eh. Oh, interesting. So, okay. Yeah. Like web only or something. So, okay. I, I, and people keep me honest, if I'm wrong and it's improved recently, great. Um, but I can never seem to wrap, like get my mind engaged on the envelope system. Um, or things based on the envelope system. Mm -hmm. um, oh dear God! There's the the open source one which um, used double book accounting. They're like, yes, Ooh. this is how you keep your budget with double book accounting. And I'm like, why do I need double book accounting? <laughs> that is way too much. I used to freelance, so I had to keep track of all of my accounting through mm -hmm. like QuickBooks. And oh my God, I yeah, I, that's <laughs> the. I, I was the kind of freelancer where I would leave all of my recording of like my invoices and my expenditures up until like tax time. And then like for like a week in April, I would just be nose down being like, all right, I have this, this, this money came into my account for this much. What yep. invoice is it, is it attached to? And oh my God, <laughs> like um, one of the major reasons why I moved away from being freelance was just because I, I need the structure of a day job. Right. I need the external structure, um, which is why I rely so much on the things that I mentioned earlier, you know, mm -hmm. trying to use the tools and Outlook and Slack and stuff like that. And like in my previous workplace, all of our stories were handled through Jira and I found my brain loved Jira. Oh yeah. No, if, if I, I always like so many people in my line of work, cause I'm much more on the IT operations, whatever side of it. And so many of us despise Jira uh, because it's inflicted on us. It's not like uh, it's, and it's never used the way it's intended to be used when it's used the way it's intended to be used. It's amazing. Right? I mean, I I'm sure that the way it was used pre that I used it was not ideal, but like the whole thing of having a discrete task attached to a discrete story. And then I could go into my spreadsheet yeah. and be like, you know, Story number ABC one two three is in progress, and the, and like just just the idea of having things be so structured was was really helpful for me personally. Oh yeah, uh, the the problems we get into is uh, I worked for a company that was Jira based, left, right, and center. But by Jira based, I also mean that um, customer service requests had their own custom workflows and custom forms and transferring those to an engineering queue was damn near impossible because none of the custom workflows or fields existed in the engineering side. And then like, it was just 
tweaked and tuned and customized for each individual use case. And it was a horrible experience if you had to mm. do anything, you know, because uh, we're going to use Jira for everything. And Jira is not your customer support tool. Jira is not your, you know, uh, project planning tool for, I mean, it can be, but, you know, your project planning tool for an office move. But hey, we can do it in Jira, so let's build those workflows and get a project manager. <laughs> um, I, I I compare Jira to SharePoint a lot. I don't know how much of SharePoint you've played with, but uh, SharePoint is incredibly good at what it's designed to do. And most, uh, and I would say uh, everyone has a bad experience with SharePoint because their company or whoever is trying to use it for things it's not good at doing. And you're trying to shoehorn all of this stuff into like like... I was at one place, they were trying to use SharePoint to maintain like blogs oh. and internal wikis. And I'm like, it's not, it's a document repository. It's not, no. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. I don't use SharePoint for very much beyond trying to find files and like do, yeah. search, and do basic search strings on like important phrases that I remember from a certain copy that I've written. But yeah, nothing, nothing that complex. Yeah, I'm like, what? no, no. If, if you're going to have an internet, either spin up Wikimedia or use Confluence because that's what Confluence is designed around. Yes, yes. Right up until you start customizing the living daylights out of Confluence and trying to use it for things that it's <laughs> you, that you shouldn't use a wiki for. Like, I know uh, another former company used Confluence for nothing but document management. Oh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I could write my doc and I could put the word doc in there and then I could link a ticket to it. So that was awesome. I'm like, no, no, this is terrible. Um, hey, if anyone out there is listening and works at Atlassian, I love your products. I just hate what people do to them. I, I keep, I, yeah, I want to go and ask, you know, I, I want to ask your cloud services where the bad IT engineer touched you. Um, Anyway, um, but yeah, no, the, these are, you know, a daily structure and having those structured workflows, especially when you're doing production, like specific production discrete tasks is, uh, you know, very important. And yours also have to kind of go in order, right? You, you can't decide today that I'm going to work on step 45 of, of 90 um, when you've only done steps one through eight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like... Because the work I do is very focused on text and what the customer sees, mm -hmm. um, a lot of the stuff regarding the production happens in the back end that I'm not as familiar with because, you know, like the extent mm. of my actual like coding knowledge is like HTML. I, okay. I, I, I was one of those kids in like the late 90s who taught myself HTML to have a crappy GeoCities webpage or AngelFire webpage. Do you remember all that? I mean, we, we all did that. I, yeah. I, you know, like with my first ever dial up account uh, with a <laughs> mom and pop ISP in the middle of, uh, in New York city in 94. Um, and then you go out and you, Oh, I want my own webpage and I can either use the homepage there. Or, oh, I could get a geo city. So yeah, no, did it all blink tags, blink tags and, and animated images that had no right to be on a webpage. You know, it. Mm -hmm. And, and um, site counters and guest books. Remember those? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. There's still example code out there that's like, here, here's example code on building a site counter to learn things like JavaScript. 
And I'm like, yeah, nobody uses those anymore, but okay. You know, web rings, though. Yep. I remember web I'm, rings as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Huh. Yep. I mean, like, I, I used those sites to showcase my crappy high school poetry, which hopefully will never see the light of day. And now I have a reason to go hit the, uh, hit the Internet Archive and the Wayback Machine. Kidding. Kidding. Um, wow. Yeah. But the, so, so for some listeners, this is a history lesson. And for some, from some other listeners, they're just like, they're like me going, my hip just broke. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah. Um, okay. So yeah. So your, your point in the production is very, is very set and it, it, it's not like, like it hits you, you finish your stuff. It goes on to the next phase of things and then you go on to the next task or the next piece of the of document or text you need to be concerned with you're not you know if if you happen to work on you know document 45 today that just goes off and and it does its thing and you can go back to document 10 because document 10 may not be due for another week Right. But sometimes, sometimes I'll hear back that, oh my goodness, we realized we forgot to trend, we, we forgot to include um, error messages for these three use, use oh. cases of document 45. So can you write the error messages and have them validated right. by the stakeholders and then get those translated into French? And then input <sighs> the English and the French into Confluence for future recording. Right. So like, <laughs> we should be able to reuse those error messages, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or, or, or hey, um, we realized we don't have this translated. Can you can you use Google Translate? I'm like, no, 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 bad, bad. Google Translate is not your friend. I, I actually, I can actually hear, like, I can actually feel in the back of my teeth that Jen Mercer, who was on the show, you know, a couple of years ago, and who's also part of my D and D group, just flinched for no reason. <laughs> I was like, what is going on here? Um. So Jen, if you you had a twinge a couple weeks before this episode airs, there you go. Um, when when do, when is this going to be airing? Do you think? Um, right now, uh, oh crap! I had uh, I had it up just a second ago, uh, mid November. Okay, I'm, I'm in I'm into the November time frame now. Um, oh wow! Yeah, I, I just haven't. Oh wow! This might even be going into December. I'm looking at my my board of of upcoming episodes like and i'm staring at the one that's gonna that we're gonna record after this interview with um larissa and oh next week's episode is going to be a lot of fun everybody who's who's listening now heard it already um next week this week long time listener next week is one of my favorite um indie authors um dmg who writes the 24 7 demon mart series oh i'm not and familiar with that Oh, it's, it's, it's brilliant. Um, and, uh, as a matter of fact, she has a new book coming out on the first and I'm really excited because that episode will air like five days after the new book. Um, yep. And then episode, make sure I remember to link episode 270. Um, <laughs> so yeah. And then I've got, uh, well, actually, since this is, you can get the preview Everybody else is like, oh, yeah, that was pretty good. I've also got the lead singer of Guar appearing at the end of October. Oh, fancy. So, yeah. Who's also a PhD in music, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, 
great guy, great conversation. I hope everybody enjoyed it. I can say that. Is there going to be like a deep dive in music theory? Because like, if that's the case, yes. Yes, I want that. No, no. It's, it's much more, uh, it's much more the challenges of, um, you know, being both a, 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 like he has a day job um, in technology, but he's also, you know, a member of a internationally touring band. And so there's that balance of showtime versus not showtime. When can I work? When can I not work? Uh, it's, it's fascinating. Wow. Absolutely. I should be talking about that in the past sense, but like no one's heard it yet. So <laughs> from, from this end of time, uh, no, it's, it's, it's absolutely great. Um, and, uh, uh, great guy. Absolutely great guy. Um, so yeah. And it, so now, now you've gotten me on a tangent. Yeah. Um, I could talk, you know, strange corner case metal bands for hours and we don't have hours. Um, so I, we've talked about the different system. We, well, yeah, we've talked about systems. We've talked about habits and having a routine. We've talked about the tools you use. Are there any other systems or habits that are valuable? Um, I will say that one of the ways I get out of the house, because it is so easy to get caught up behind your computer, um, mm-hmm. I started playing Pokemon Go during the pandemic. Ah, yes. And I will not lie if I say that Pokemon Go and like trying to hatch eggs and get hearts with my buddy is actually one of the major things motivating me to move around outside. Even if it's um, just like... Leaving yep. my house, walking to the local library branch, 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 and back. Yeah, so I have a little like here. I'm actually it's actually sitting here, running on my phone right now, picking up uh, because today is uh, I don't know if you you know they started the the fashion the week fashion event today. Week, yeah, yeah, and so I'm trying to catch shiny Fufrau. Um, oh, I already, got a, I already got a shiny Blitzel. Um, oh, but nice. I also, I also have the handy dandy Pokemon Gotcha. Oh, I the have third a friend... party add-on. Yeah, yeah, so, I have a friend with one of those, and I don't really understand how they work, but I know he uses it quite a bit. So, so you know the 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 little one you can buy the the official Pokemon uh, uh, Go Plus, the little. It looks bit. like a Pokeball, right? Kind of, yeah, and it's got a button on it, and so when you're walking with it normally, what would happen is it would buzz. When you're near a Pokestop or a Pokemon, you push the button and it will spin the stop or it will throw a Pokeball, right? All this does is it doesn't require you to push the button. <laughs> so, Sorry, just to hold on. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I think it might be spam. I'll just let okay. it go. One yeah. of the perils um, of, of our building is that we have landlines still, so... <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, I, I remember a friend of mine talking about how awesome it was. He says, on the other hand, the first night I, I went out, and um, uh, because it only the 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 uh, the Go Plus it, it only throws regular Pokeballs, so he's like, yeah, uh, the first night I went out, I I filled up my item bag and was completely out of Pokeballs and hadn't caught a darn thing, so. 
you know, because the hit rate is something like a 50% catch rate. But for like me during the day when there's an event, I can just be like, yep, just go catch things. Just harvest, 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 you know, or we're going to sit in the park and eat lunch. Great. Spin all those stops for me so I don't have to, you know, send all my presents. We'll talk after about friend codes after if we're not already. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I love Pokemon Go. Um, I'm always excited when we have an excuse to go somewhere new and I can get that visit a new place with your buddy. Oh, gosh, yeah. Because we've done all of the ones here in town and we don't go out that much. Um, yeah. I'm going to a concert tomorrow night and I'm like, there are a couple up in Chapel Hill I haven't gotten yet, so I may have to add some extra time so I can drive around and find one. Um, get my little Cosmos out, so our Cosmog out, so I can, you know... Work him towards the best friend forever. Aha, um, yep. Um, yeah, and for those of you who aren't playing Pokemon Go and are all like, oh god, this geekery deal. Um, I work in tech. It comes to the territory. Yeah. Or both of yeah, us yeah. do, really. So, I, I mean, I'm Honestly, I'm looking at a chair upgrade, and I just discovered that uh, Secret Labs has a Charizard edition. Like, like an but office it's chair? Uh, well, it's a gaming chair, but yeah. Um, oh, okay. But it's only available in, like, Japan and Korea and Asian countries. And I was, like, on their support call what's the impact if I import one of these to the U.S.? They're like, well, first your warranty goes away. So if it gets damaged Ooh. in shipping, you're done. I'm like, oh, man. But, oh, no. you know, so. But, yeah, I'm looking to upgrade from, like, standard-ish office chair that I have to replace every two or two years or whatever to uh, uh, the Secret Labs, which everyone I know who has one is just like, yeah, no, I've had it for five years. It is indestructible. So we'll nice. see. Yeah. Um, and if you're someone who sits in a chair all day long, you want one that is, or, you know, you, you want one that will gives you proper support and in all the places because otherwise your back will just, Oh God, I've had bad office chairs and my back was not happy. Yeah. I, I, the, the office chair I have now I got last year because um, my employer was selling off a bunch of office. Oh, wow. Yeah. Gonna use anymore. So I have a steel case chair, which I know was one of the nice. Oh brands. man. Yeah. And they were like, you will sell it to you for cheap and we'll give the money to charity. So I had a steel, I have a steel case chair and it cost me $75, which is wow. based, on the, based on the retail price of this model. I think it retails in Canada for like 900. So I have oh, gotten yeah, a yeah. ridiculous steel and I can, yeah. I, I can definitely feel the difference in my back. Mm -hmm. So every, every so often I look at the prices on, because we have an agreement with Herman Miller where we get a big discount on mm. certain chairs. I've heard and Herman check, Miller's the really, really good ones. Yeah. They are, they're amazing. Uh, it's just every time I look the chair that I need, cause I like having the architect school stool height. Like okay. this is a standard off. The one I'm in right now is a standard office chair with the architect school architect's dual piston on it so i don't have to so i can leave my desk at a higher setting okay so i don't have to use the sit stand thing i can just stand up and it's fine um but right yeah the side effect is every time i look at them i'm like 
mm, the allowance for work from home, you know, for, for work from home ergonomic equipment still doesn't quite cover that cost. And oh, well. no. next. Yeah. But they're supposed to be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I take mean, that like, back. Everyone I've, I've sat in has been amazing. <laughs> I mean, the fact that I have this chair was just pure luck. The fact that people oh, yeah. selling away there, there, because, you know, so much of it that we're all working from home still. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been working from home for 11 years now, but that's, you know, I'm again, like we said, incredibly privileged. So, and I recognize that and that not everybody can, but if you are God, spend the money on a good chair, do yourself a favor. Um, you know, um, right. Uh, so Pokemon go sidetrack on good chairs because our backs are important. I have a I have a patch on my backpack that says uh, where where was it? Somebody was pointing and laughing at it. And my favorite childhood memory is my back not hurting. So, right. Um, yeah. Anything else in the in the habits and uh, and systems um, sort of range that we haven't covered? One thing regarding work that I did want to mention is one mm -hmm. of the things I do to keep myself on track and to keep my boss in the loop is every week I send her a quick email talking about here are all the things I've worked on this week for this team, this team, and this team. Mm -hmm. And I, I do that because it forces me to keep track of my accomplishments. And it's very useful for performance review time so that I can go right. through all of the email I, I sent and I've been like, oh, wow, I actually did a lot this year. And I, I just did my performance review the previous week to this interview. So very fresh. Yeah. I, like, uh, yeah, we have a review cycle. Yeah. We have a review cycle coming up next month and uh, I'm on because I joined a new department and we had to, so I changed managers for that because we were forming a whole new department and then that shifted. So I'm on my third manager for the last year. And she's just like, can you just send me all the things you did last year? Because I have, I, you know, we've only, I've only been working with you a couple months and I have no idea. And I'm like, okay. And then sat down and wrote it out and was like, holy crap. I did not realize all the stuff I did last year. Right. Which is, which is a, a common enough, which is very common. And I'm trying to keep better notes in my second brain. Um, in my obsidian vault with that information. So next year it's much easier to pull together instead of me having to sit here and go, when did I do that? Mm -hmm. So yeah. Um, dang it. One of the special event diglets appeared. I should not have moved this closer to show off. Um, <laughs> it's a diglet in a bowler hat. Come on. Aww. I'm not made of stone. And to quote Ursula, they made it not look like a penis. So, all right, I will put that over there. We will, we will, we will put that away and let it, let it do its thing. Um, and all right. So yeah. Um, I, but yeah, having a weekly email like that, so you can go back and reference, uh, almost like a to done list, right? Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, all right. So You've already described how you figure out what you're going to do the next day. Um, the next one would be, so what does a typical day look like? And uh, do you have any any like criteria for what on that list gets done first? Or is that already decided the night before? Um, 
I don't. So uh, see, the funny thing is, I, I, I harp on wanting structure, but when it comes to mm-hmm. like figuring out my personal day to day, I am not the best right. at that. Like, um, I, I like if if we contrast my husband and I. I love lounging in bed after I get up. But the thing is he works in education. So he has to be out the door. So like he is very good about, you know, setting out his lunch the night before setting out his outfit the night before uh, showering the night before so that when the alarm goes off, he can just, you know, get dressed, feed the cats, put his backpack together and then leave around six 30. And it's just like, Whoa, I'm gonna, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he, the school he works at, he can walk to from where we live, which is very convenient. And very so, healthy. Yes. 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 So he gets, he, he, he gets, mm-hmm. he, he gets his buddies done to best buddy so much faster than I do in Pokemon go because he walks so much compared to me. Um, yep. but, uh, for me, it's more like, Oh, I'm awake. I'm going to do Wordle mm-hmm. and then I'm going to do Quartle and then I'm going to do Octortle. And then I'm going to do the 16 <laughs> version one and the 32 word version one. I, I, I like shotgun those word games at like six in the morning. Um, okay, I, get yeah. up, I get up, I shower, I get dressed. I tend to, you know, mm-hmm. I might go for a walk in the morning before work. I might do the instrument practicing before work. I might just right, play. Right. I might just play some Hades before work instead. It Like my mornings <laughs> are not the most structured, I will admit. But once once nine o'clock hits, I try and actually sit down, you know, check my mail, see what's happened in Slack overnight, yeah. that sort of thing. And then, um, you know, I, I, I will get up in, during the day to do things like, oh, you know, I'm going to put the dishes away or I'm going to check the mail. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That stuff yeah. is just, you know, you need to take a break from your screen. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I, I, I feel kind of funny answering that question because like I, I, I've, I harp so much about structure in my work life and then all of the stuff around my work is so loosey goosey. Hey, you know, it's, it's, it, it works though. It makes sense because you've got that structured time, you've got that. And then your brain does need the freedom time to do the other things so that it isn't because it will eventually do uh, at least as I've watched with Ursula, you know, too much structured time means the system starts to break. So you need to have those breaks. Or, yeah. I mean, even she has a very strong routine. Um, even though it feels kind of unstructured, it is very structured in its own way. She gets up, she has her coffee. She argues with people on Twitter. <laughs> she goes out, she writes, she argues with people on Twitter. Um, you know, lunch happens in there somewhere. She spends all the like hours at the coffee shop and then she comes home and she gardens and argues with people on Twitter. (laughs) It feels kind of like DS nine and Odo and how like for like 16 hours out of the day, Odo is in his Odo shape and then he has to Mm -hmm. collapse into the bucket every night or else there's going to be weird consequences. if He doesn't collapse into his bucket and have some free time. I think I think my brain is kind of like that. Sometimes we're like, I can, Oh yeah. I, there are days where I'm like on, on, on. And I do this, 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 this. And I find that the days after that, I just, my brain's in that bucket. I don't do as much. Yeah. yeah and uh, that's, everyone has days like that. It's just that I've noticed, and this is just me talking out my ass, that often with people, with people who have ADHD, um, 
tend to go through the, you know, have the super productive day and then sort of collapse for, for much longer. Like, you know, I know people who don't, who will have a very productive day, like uh, uh, Scalzi will get on a writing streak and he'll just knocks like, you know, I think he said like, he'll have a 10,000 word day, but then he needs three days to recover. Right. Everybody has times like that. It's just, uh, it's, you know, much more common in short spurts. I want to say, um, uh, from what I've observed, I'm not a scientist. I'm not, you know, I'm pulling this out of my ass. Like I said, um, uh, with people with ADHD. Yeah. Like Ursula's happy if she gets a thousand words a day and then she'll just hit something. She'll do a 3000 word day and then she has to take a day off. Um, and f- she'll feel guilty about it and then do 500 words before she goes to bed because, oh my God, I didn't write today, but <sighs> writers, man, writers. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, so your evenings, you collapse into a puddle, you do your chores, you, read you play your instrument you, maybe you watch something on netflix with your husband it's all good or i scroll through twitter for no reason because you know that 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 is another thing that you know happens because twitter is like yes. built to suck your brain well yes well and most of it's look to see what sort of consternation shepherd is causing us this this day so uh, um all right let's move on to the fun questions Ready for the fun questions? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So the first one is, of course, what advice, what's the best advice you've been given and or in addition to the best advice you would give somebody else? It doesn't have to be the same advice to qualify (laughs) on all of them. Okay. So this is going to be kind of long and meandering, but I think I have like two and a half pieces of advice. Okay. So the first piece is a random thing I found on Twitter and I forget who said it, but they said, quote, Never trust how you feel about your life after 9 p.m. <laughs> um, and, I, and I say this because I, I get in the habit of doom scrolling, like I just said. And sometimes like at yeah, 8.30, yeah. 9 o'clock, I hit a huge jag. And it feels like I'm looking at all the atrocities in the world on Twitter for hours. And it makes it oh, feel yeah. so empty and despondent. But because Twitter's designed to do that to you, it's so hard to pull away. Uh, and then there are nights where like I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling and I realize, oh my God, it's 11 PM. And I've been, you know, watching random game of Thrones tubes on you- game of Thrones clips on YouTube or something like that. And my husband's already in bed and I feel oh, like yeah. shit. and I crawl into bed and, and I just feel empty. Like the world's problems are too big to solve. And then right. when I wake up, I'm sort of emotionally hung over because I didn't get enough sleep. So reading this and having somebody actually say, your brain will play tricks on your emotions after 9 p.m. That's actually oh, yeah. a really helpful thing to have somebody say to me. Like it's a really valid and useful piece of information. It doesn't it doesn't stop me from doom scrolling, but it does help me be more conscious of the fact that my emotional state is not an accurate reflection of the world. I mean, this is why I have have you know why I like chicken Twitter. Um, <laughs> And uh, uh, chicken talk, uh, the chicken people on TikTok are great. Oh, okay. You know, I can just roll through, like, I can just go to uh, chicken aga, aga, agda, and um, making note, um, <laughs> and just watch this, um, uh, watch this one black cochin, like, set to, 
you know, the Imperial March as, as she <laughs> waddles, bomb, 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 down the, yeah. That's amazing. Um, oh my God. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, it, it, okay great there's a brain cleanser right there i'm you know look at that or the or the one poor guy who can't collect his eggs without getting attacked by like a very angry semi-broody hen and he's just hysterical like you know um one of them he actually called the local popeyes to see if he could make a delivery and if they would bear the chicken for him in front of the chicken as a <laughs> the poor guy in popeyes was confused and the chicken didn't give up shit so yeah. uh yeah but still, it's it's things like that. I, I find them, you know, that takes away the worries and the great weights of the world because, you know, these are, are, are things that you just, you know, the, there is absolutely no worldly news content about it. It's just chickens being chickens or people who have chickens being people who have chickens, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Chicken talk and, uh, and chicken Twitter are the best. Um, <laughs> Okay, what was number two? Uh, okay, so for the second piece of advice, um, try to find a creative outlet that is different from what you do for a living. Try to find something fun that is separate from your paycheck. Um, and I think this, and, and this is where the drum comes in that I mentioned earlier. Right, right, uh, right. And I think this is actually another thing I want to credit you and Ursula for. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, Ursula has talked a lot on previous episodes about how she burnt herself out on, on book drawing, from what I remember. And, oh, yeah. Like, and, like, I know she does do some art, because I've seen her recent mm -hmm. threads about mid-journey. But I know she's primarily focused on writing now. And I've got, like, you know, four or five of her books. And she's a very yeah, good writer. Yeah. Um, but, like, we for like me. like to think so. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but for me, when I was in high school, I mean, like, the uh, I work in my day job as a UX writer. Uh, but mm -hmm. when I was in high school, uh, because I was good, writing was the thing I was good at. I, I, I liked science. I wasn't the best at science. I, right, know, right. I was good at math as a kid. And then, you know, puberty mm -hmm. hit and then socialization reared its ugly head. And my confidence in my math skills absolutely collapsed. Um, of but course. I, but, you know, writing, I was good at writing and I was convinced that I was going to be a writer when I was in high school. But like, not just a writer, but like the archetypical writer. I was going to wear all black I was going to live in a cool, funky place downtown and I was going to look down on the streetscape below and watch people walking by like little ants. And then I was going to go back to my little writing garret and squeeze out these pearls of literary wisdom. Um, but because my expectations for myself were so high, uh, mm -hmm. I hit the real world and any desire to write for fun. I, I, I didn't know how to. I was so I, I was so caught up on the idea of me being talented that I didn't really learn a whole lot about craft that I think it bit me in the ass. Um, yeah. And then I once I hit once I hit the real world, I was like, okay, I, I okay, I'm not the most literary writer in the world, but I can't go corporate with this shit, which is what I did. So, you know, <laughs> right? I, I, yeah. My writing, all the writing I do is really, really straightforward corporate stuff. How do I do X on the website? Well, to do X mm -hmm. on the website, go to this menu item and then select this option and then go to this screen. So, you know, it's functional, it's useful, but it's not like flights of fancy, right? Yeah. Um, well, and, and incredibly valuable being able to translate engineering speak to normal person speak. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't interface with the engineers a whole lot. It's mostly I, I take my requests from the product owners. But like, yeah, that that sort of translation mm -hmm. that you do mentally yeah, yeah. is still Absolutely. important. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and like, it, so that stuff is useful, but it's not really nourishing. Um, right. But one uh, one other thing I used to do in high school was I did I did music in high school and university. I was in choirs, 
And mm, okay, yeah. Um, I don't. I, I thought about joining a choir in January 2020 because I thought, oh, <laughs> oh, I yeah. love singing. I love singing. I need community. And like, no, I don't know when that's going to happen. I don't think I'll ever feel comfortable joining a choir ever again at this point, even though I miss singing intensely. And I was like, well, I want to do something musical. And that's mm-hmm. where I hit upon um, learning an instrument. And I realized that drums were always this thing that I felt a lot of interest in. Like, you know, I, I could listen to a rock and drum solo from Led Zeppelin or something and be like, fuck yeah, fuck yeah, that's awesome. That, you know, Achilles Last Stand, the giddy, you know, the that that sort of thing, right? And oh. Are we going to have to have the the underrated the underrated and extremely talented drummers conversation now? Um, because I, I'm getting a list. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, because I don't think I have enough knowledge to be able to talk about that topic very cogently. Um, but I was like, okay, well, I want to be musical, and I also want to mm-hmm. hit things, and that's when I learned about tongue drums. There you go. Which um, allow yeah, you percussionist, to hit things, yeah. And, yeah, and still be musical because tongue drums they have this beautiful meditative bell-like tone and i have a friend i have a friend who has a huge panoply of instruments in her tiny little apartment and she like does improvs every day she puts them on youtube and i'll I'll put a plug to her youtube channel in the so you can add to the show notes okay um her channel for her improv is called the improvisy and like she's got multiple accordions and a harmonium and multiple harps and pianos and keyboards and guitars and multiple tongue drums and I was chatting with her once asking about tongue drums and she put one up to the screen to show me and she played it and I could just feel the dopamine surging in my brain. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. no, I have found a new hyperfocus." So I was like, I went down the rabbit hole and I found out about this mm. one particular manufacturer of drums called, uh, they're based in Russia. Um, and they're called they're, 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 the the company is called Rav, and the, the drum is called the Rav Vast, and it's like it's like the drums are like twenty two inches in diameter, and they're steel. And right. the laser, the way the shapes are cut with the laser, it's kind of a weird sort of a wing shape almost. It's hard to describe without seeing it. I'll put a link to the to the yeah, drum yeah, yeah. Show notes as well. But like these drums have an incredible amount of sustain. And um, the way they're tuned, you can actually get drums tuned to different scales. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you get the variety of different scales. And I was like, okay, I I like the sound of this and I'm going to get this scale. And I found a guy in the U.S. who I connected with through Facebook, like a Facebook group for tongue drums. And uh, he had a used version of that particular scale that I was really interested in that he was willing Ooh. to ship to me from from South Carolina, actually. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, that just came in the mail last week, and that's what I'm learning right now. Uh, mm-hmm. And like, I, 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 I remember taking it out of the box and hitting a few notes with the mallet, and I could just <laughs> feel my face breaking into this huge smile. And oh, I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. So like, so, so yeah, the second piece of advice is try to find something creative that brings you happiness that isn't related to your day job. You don't feel any urge to monetize in some way. Just do it for yourself. Just do it for yourself. Don't do it for the side hustle, you know? Yeah. And uh, everyone, like I do this for the joy of it. 
I'll, I'll be straight up. Like every, and I've gotten people who are like, well, you know, where I've been talking about having people on and they're like, well, what's your listenership? Uh, uh, how do you monetize? And I'm like, I, I can give you some numbers and we don't monetize mm-hmm. because I'm doing this, you know, I, um, this, this particular hobby is one that makes me happy. Um, and it combines several of my great loves. So, you know, talking to people and audio equipment and, um, you know, uh, uh, I guess uh, computers, because there's no part of my life that isn't impacted by tech. And it's always been that way. Tech mm-hmm. brings me great joy. So I have feel incredibly lucky to work where I am, even when I'm having a bad day. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just like, I get to be in a field where I actually love what I do. And if I'm doing other things in a similar flavor off hour, it will be completely unrelated to work. But like, <clears throat> I have a little tiny touchscreen Raspberry Pi sitting here on my desk and it has a single, it loads a single web page at boot up, which is the, uh, the, the web page for the uh, potato game. Did What's you see that go across? No, so the I potato, don't know this. Yeah, so um, uh, it's it's on Twitter. I'll I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, but the whole idea is it's a single player, simple little tabletop RPG where you roll a die and the die determines um, whether you gain a point in destiny, potatoes, or orcs. You're a hobbit, and oh, you're trying. Oh, yes, oh, I, I have heard of this. The one page RPGs, and they're by Oliver Darkshire. I want to say. Um, uh, uh, death by badger is the, the Twitter handle. Okay. Um, yeah, I think, I think we might be thinking of the same guy and he also yeah, did yeah. other one page RPGs like gay for the pirate King and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, but someone took, because it was so easy. Someone was like, yes, I just implemented it in Python. And then somebody else was like, yes, I just implemented a web page, So I can just, you know, anytime I need to, I am wasting $150, $200 worth of, you know, computer equipment here so that I can just tap a screen every so often and then just play a couple things of potato and see if I can, you know, if I can hide underground and avoid the great wars or if the orcs, you know, are going to take over my garden. Um, I have yet to have one where the hand of destiny comes in and, uh, and gets me. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that's, but that's the thing, that sort of thing brings me joy that I can just mm-hmm. put together something like that or chicken cam. Come on, chicken cam is all tech with the computers and the cameras and all this stuff, but it is completely unrelated to what I do for a living in terms of maintaining servers and writing code. And well, I mean, I think I wrote some code for it, but that's still, you know, it's not like being capacity, uh, uh, you know, doing capacity management. No, I just live stream my chickens every day, but it brings (laughs) me joy. Yeah. You know. So it was like, do you really need to change out the uh, the the camera view? And I'm like, well, I'd like to, just so I can get a different view from the house. Mm-hmm. It's not that uh, you know, it's not that I have to; it's that I want to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, I spent a lot of time talking on that one. All right, are you That's ready okay. for the sad? Are you ready for the sad question? Uh, I actually wanted to. Or do you have more on the, the there was, habits? There was yes. one last thing I wanted to or mention about the happy thing. Advice. So yes, yeah. So I mentioned two bits, but I said there were going to be two and a half. And the half is that I'm still learning how to play this drum. I am not very good at it, and I watched the videos, the tutorials talking about you know how to do these particular movements and exercises mm-hmm. and stuff. And he's so fast. The guy who trains them, he's so good at this. He's so fast, and I'm just like, I can't do it at that speed. 
And right. so the second, the, the half piece of advice I have to add is you have to be okay with sucking at something. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And, I, and, and so I watch him doing, doing these lessons and I realize how far I have left to go. And it will probably take me at least a few months to finish these courses and actually not suck at this drum because I can do scales and that's about it. And I actually right, right. physically say out loud to myself, I am allowed to suck at this. I am giving permission to myself to suck at this. So, and I'm, and I'm saying this right now because I want that permission to be audible to myself in the future as well as to mm-hmm. your listeners. So yeah, find something that you're, that is, that you're, that is not your paycheck that gets your creative juices flowing and give yourself permission to suck at it. I mean, even earth, we have the, you can still download the certificate of permission to make bad art that we, we did years ago. Um, I don't think I've heard Ursula of this. Did. Oh yeah, yeah, no. Somebody had asked for permission to do bad art and to suck at art, and Ursula's like, "Here, I think it was on Twitter." And Ursula drew up this form with a wombat going, "It's okay," and you know, <laughs> with a, a blanket permission to do you know bad art. Um, and I think what none of us like, because we idolize and lionize talent, we often forget that a lot of the people who we consider incredibly talented sucked at some point. Mm-hmm. Right. That, and one of the big things that Ursula talks about when she's doing like panels on how to be an artist or how to, you know, get ahead in art or things like that is that no, understand you will suck and it will take practice and you cannot get by just on talent. You have mm-hmm. to practice, you have to build a craft, you have to, you know, and you've reinforced all of that. Like with this conversation, right? You know, yeah. yes, I, you, you can't just coast on talent. Talent alone is not enough. You do have to put the work in, yeah. um, you know, and, uh, uh, the only, but you know, sometimes you get the people who have the talent and then put the work in. Oh my God. Have you seen the videos of Nandy Bushnell? No, I'm not familiar with that. Who, who is that? Oh, she is a YouTube drummer. She is, I think 12. Oh, and she called out Dave Grohl for a drum battle in 2020 or early 2021. Old, okay. And because he's Dave Grohl, he accepted. And so they've had sort of this, they had this sort of friendly rivalry going back on, you know, Dave Grohl, who I plays all these instruments right and has mastered several of them and then this 12 year old british girl who's just like i'm gonna you know i'm going to take you out well earlier this year uh one of the um was it this year it was either this year or last year it was before taylor hawkins passed um Uh they flew her out for like I guess their big return concert, return to live music show in LA, and had her drum for them. Oh wow! As part of the band, she was a drummer in the Taylor Hawkins tribute. I, I saw happened. the clip of his son being part of the tribute, but I don't think I saw the clip of of of, of the one. Yeah, no, because and she is just. But you can see that this is this is joyful for her and you know she put in the work because she Mm -hmm. has she practices but she has the you know she has the talent to build on if you don't have the talent to build on you can still build it just Mm -hmm. takes a little longer and don't get discouraged um like oh my god uh 
there are some drummers who are are talented and you know workhorses and incredibly famous that frankly didn't have that same raw talent but they put in the hours um everybody disses ringo star but i'm like no ringo worked for that right mm -hmm. not like he was uh, not like he was a Keith. Well, yeah, actually, Keith Moon worked for it, but Keith Moon also had, you know, that wild raw talent underneath it. Um, but you know, the, there there are so many people who are who we think of as oh, they have so much talent. No, they don't have talent. They busted their ass to be as good as they are, and they had to suck at some point. They absolutely did. Also, Man, I'm going to say, I'm going to mm -hmm. say, Ringo. Everybody says he has a bad singing voice. Yeah, he's not the he's not the best singer, but he's he's passable. He's a passable singer. Um. Yeah, no, I mean, there's a story of Keith Moon coming up to the Beatles because that was his that was his thing. Keith Moon, drummer for the Who, you know, probably one of the most influential drummers of the last fifty years now. But all he wanted to do was play with the Beatles, and he went up and he asked, "Can I can I play with you?" And they're like, I mean, yeah, sure, we can maybe do a show sometime. He's like, no, 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 no. It's like, can I play with you? And they're like, no, man, we already have a drummer. Right? It's just because uh, just one of those, you know, one, stand by your friends, but also, yeah. you know, they didn't need a Keith Moon. They, who... Well, Keith had his own other set of problems outside of that, but, you know, they needed someone who put in the work yeah you know and i mean i'm sure but you know and i can even look back at some of the first episodes of this or the first episodes of kuec and be like man i sucked <laughs> i still put in and say i suck on this one um but it's okay yeah because i get better every time i do it yeah I have a drummer problem. Drummers and bassists. Drummers and bassists are su such unsung heroes mm -hmm. of, uh, of, of rock um, and many other things, but mostly rock and roll. Like, you know, we all think of Greg Lake as the singer for uh, uh, King Crimson and Emerson, Lake and Palmer, but he was also the bassist for Emerson, Lake and Palmer. Okay. See, yeah. I know a little bit about King Crimson, but just a few yeah. songs here and there. So, um, yeah. Um, uh, Greg Lake was the singer on the first two albums. Okay. And he and he wasn't supposed to be on the second album, but they their singer fell through, and I, it was happening right around the same time as the first Emerson, Lake, and Palmer album was coming out. So, mm. it, it, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's somebody who who again, yeah, Greg Lake put in the work, right? Put in the work. I mean, yeah. So. Yeah. Uh okay. All right, time to get depressed. I'm kidding. Okay. I'm kidding. No, no. Um yeah. Um sad question. The sad question. Um how do you deal with failure or when you miss a goal? Um not well. I I still engage in a lot of uh, negative self-talk, a lot of self-recrimination, beating myself mm -hmm. up. I mean, uh I work in content. I am a certified copy editor. I'm a professional editor. So it's it's hard not to let that need for standards and perfectionism right. in the line of work that I do bleed out into other parts of my life. 
Um, mm-hmm. I, I will admit that intrusive t- thoughts are a part of that. Like when you do something awkward yeah. or bad and you say something you wish you hadn't said, you beat yourself up for it. Um, I like, I still beat myself up over stupid things that happened when I was in class in like grade four. Yeah. No, or embarrassing no, I, things that happened to me when I was a yeah. kid that I didn't know how to deal with because I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there are definitely times when I put my foot in my mouth and so, so like basically just in general, I think what I'm trying to say is that when it comes to failure, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I still haven't quite internalized a healthy approach of, okay, that happened. Let's move on. What, what do we learn from this? How do we move on? I, I haven't quite hundred percent gotten there yet. And yeah, even then, uh, I can honestly say you can be, you can have 95, you can have gotten it 95% of the time and you're still going to get gut punched by, by those, by negative self-talk or some rando thing that throws you into the shame spiral for something you did when you were 12, you know? Um, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, oh, that's so hard. On a happier note, though, do you celebrate your successes? And if so, how? Um, I think for me, the biggest thing is just telling people about it to the extent yeah. that like, after a while, it feels like I have nothing else to say because I'm so focused on the good thing that just happened that I'm like, I, I bought a new drum. I did it. <laughs> I did this. I did yep. that. And then like, I remember when I was in elementary school that like they gave us notebooks and they would have us do journals and stuff. And I swear to mm-hmm. God that like for the two weeks leading up to my birthday, all of my journal entries were about, it's my birthday. It's my birthday soon. It's my birthday soon. It's my birthday soon. Because I was a kid. And frankly, I didn't have a whole lot to talk about when I was a kid. But like, well, yeah, I, no. I, none of us did really. You, know, um. you focus monomaniacally on those on those brief shining things on the horizon, or on those things that have, that are behind you that are shining because they're so nice and shiny. To the extent yes. that like it feels almost like you have nothing else to talk about because you're so focused on that one good thing. So I definitely tell people about my happy sp- mm-hmm. about my happy things, uh, and also I, I do engage in a fair amount of retail therapy. I mean, not so that I'm bankrupt, obviously, but you know. I buy myself. You have a bucket. Yeah, you have a bucket for that. Yeah, I have a bucket for that in my nap. So the uh, the drum definitely did put a big dent in things. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my next. I'm I'm looking at that new chair. I'm like I I know exactly what I'm going to reward myself with that Secret Labs chair. Okay. If I can't get the Pokemon version, they have a beautiful Witcher version. Interesting. Okay, so, and that's not going to void the warranty if you ship it to the U.S. Or the Witcher version is available in the U.S. Okay. In the U.S. store, it's just I'm looking at all of the. They have all the fandoms. There's the Batman and the DC. There's you know World of Warcraft. There's that. And I'm just like, but Pokemon. Like I'm not a League player. I'm not you know into Overwatch. But man, look at that that Witcher chair. I love the books. I love the TV series. I don't need Game of Thrones, but man, that Witcher chair is pretty awesome looking so <laughs> but i'm saving it i have a very specific time on that one the very specific thing that has to happen before i drop 700 dollars on that chair oh my god so, well, fingers, fingers yeah. crossed it happens yes 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 um all right is there anything we missed before we get on to the charity um can't really think of anything right now i think i i think i said most of what i wanted to to say yeah okay 
All right, now we talked about this one a little a little bit beforehand, and I put a content warning at the be- beginning of the episode for this charity specifically. Um, uh, as people know by now, I would hope regular listeners know we don't need money. We're doing great. Um, we would rather that our listeners give the money to people who need it a hell of a lot more than we do, which I believe sincerely qualifies with what you're about to talk about. Um, where would you like our fans and listeners to give their money to this week? Okay. So I'll I'll mention the name of the charity and then I'll give a bit more background as to why I'm suggesting this particular charity. Um, Mm -hmm. They are, this charity, this this organization is called the Gord Downey and Cheney Wenjack Fund. So uh, I'm suggesting this because I'm in Canada. We're recording this at the end of September. And Mm -hmm. there's actually a new federal holiday that happens in Canada on September 30th called the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation, which is all about Mm -hmm. recognizing the Indigenous people in Canada and those who survived and those who didn't, who were part of Canada's residential school system. So this is where the big, huge content note comes in. I don't know Mm -hmm. how many of of the listeners might be familiar with the residential school system, but here's a very brief summary of it. So um, residential schools were basically where, with the approval of the Canadian government, Um, uh, Indigenous children were basically forcibly abducted from their homes um, and taken to schools across the country that were meant to to assimilate them into European or colonial ways of living. They were stolen from their families. They were denied access to their cultural history, denied access to their languages and cultural practices. Um, Their hair was forcibly cut. Uh, They were abused, starved, and often sexually assaulted, and many children died from this mm-hmm. and the thing oh, yeah. is the first red the first residential schools were open before canada was even a country and the last residential schools in canada closed in the 90s so they were still around when i was a child and i didn't i had learn- no idea they went that long i think the last year Holy might have been 1996 1996 i think was the final year and they were all across the country. Uh, last year in particular, mm-hmm. there were a lot of news headlines about um, people discovering mass graves at these locations. Right. Yeah, I remember uh, seeing that. Yeah. And, and there have been efforts made to either identify or repatriate the remains to their communities. So, again, very mm-hmm. heavy stuff. Um I had ne- the thing is, I had never heard about these things until I was in university. And what's actually quite interesting is that the, sc- the university I went to, which is Trent University in a smaller city in Ontario called Peterborough, um, there is an auditorium that they named after uh, Cheney Wenjack. And Cheney Wenjack in particular, uh, his story became very well known after it was reported on by journalists. Um, he was a young boy who was abducted and um, he was taken to a residential school hundreds of miles from his home and he ran away and he tried to find his way back home on foot. And unfortunately mm-hmm. he died because he was hundreds of miles from home trying to cross right. the wilds of Northern Ontario by himself. And he died of exposure. Um, so, so yeah, this is super heavy stuff, super heavy yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and about a decade ago, um, a Canadian musician that if you're in Canada, you would very likely have heard of. His name is Gord Downey. He was the lead singer for the Tragically Hip, which is yes. one of, yes, which, you know, is, is, is the band that is sort of unofficially Canada's band because they never really made it big in the States. So he learned about 
Cheney went Jack's story and he decided he was going to actually he, he wrote a concept album from the perspective of Cheney Wenjack. He got in contact with Cheney Wenjack's surviving family. And now there is a fund, the Gord Downey and Cheney Wenjack Fund, which aims to build cultural understanding and create a path towards reconciliation between indigenous, indigenous and non-indigenous people in Canada. Uh, and right. since um, the National Truth and Reconciliation Day is just a few days away from when we're currently recording this, Mm-hmm. I thought it would be appropriate to mention. Ab- absolutely. Uh, this is, uh, and, and I'm going to both... plug the, um, the website yeah. for this organization in the chat. Uh, I'm going to say, yeah, I should have access to the chat when I'm going back, but there's also, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll email those to me. Um, sure. I was going to say that there is a large amount of injustice um, in the history of both countries. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, you know, I uh, the the tragedy and attempting to bring awareness and healing is admirable. Um, that uh, that I think Canada is doing that <clears throat> still hasn't happened here in the states. Well, <clears throat> but d- yeah, don't don't paint Canada with too shiny a brush because there's plenty I, of like oh there's there plenty there, of there is here. Yeah, there's there's so much that needs to be done, but. You know, any start like saying, you know, here is a day for truth and reconciliation is a huge step forward. I, I don't want to minimize that. Yes, there are problems. Yes, there are other things that need to be dealt with. And oh my God, I feel so sorry for you who, when you're going to have to deal with the day of the truth and reconciliation day sales. But or is that only the sort of thing that happens in America? Well, um, they're, they're definitely okay. I mean, like, there, the, one of the things that is often done, well, maybe not often, but one of the things that is building momentum in Canada is um, mm-hmm. for, to, to wear orange on that day, because it's also known as Orange Shirt Day, named after this one particular child who I mm-hmm. think went to a school and went there very proudly wearing an orange shirt that was given to them by their family, and the shirt was taken away right. from them by the people who ran the school. Um, so there definitely is a sort of like the, the Downey Wenjack fund does have merch of their own. And there definitely are people, both indigenous and non-indigenous selling orange shirts to, right, right. you know, in, in relation to this day. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I know there are movements towards some merchandise for it. I, I am not in a good enough position to judge how, crass such a movement might be or how genuine such a movement might be um i mean yeah for your listeners at home i i i am white i am of european background i am your typical settler colonial person i live on Mm -hmm. turtle island because my parents came here in the 70s and i'm you know i i've benefited from these horrible systems oh yeah i i know i have as well yeah um it's yeah and it's 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 hard for many people to wrap around wrap their heads around um that advantage but yeah i don't think you you get the uh the the crowd you don't have the crass commercialization yet where like we have martin luther king day mattress sales Mm, no we're not we're not at that point i don't think so yeah yeah um, Veterans Day mattress sales, Remembrance Day. Well, yeah, eleven uh, eleven, which is uh, 
uh, Armistice Day, but yeah, Veterans Day yeah. here in the states, and yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah no. Mm-mm. And and, and uh, um, 1111 is Remembrance Day here in Canada, so. Yes. Yeah. Um, all right, that is all of it. That was a heavy note to end on, but I see a whole bunch of links. And um, now, where do we find you online if you're comfortable sharing? Yeah. So um, I have two websites. Uh, one professional, one personal. Um, mm-hmm. My professional website where I talk about, like, you know, the content stuff I do is myfullname.com. So I'm going to spell it out. Um, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A. Uh, and I'm going to spell my last name out like military stuff. Oh, yeah. It's a fun last name. Uh, yeah. V like Victor, A like Apple, S like Sam, I like Igloo, L like Love, E like Echo, V like Victor. S like Sam, K like Kite, I like Igloo. So ChristinaVasilevsky.com. And then my personal website where, you know, I talk about, you know, I, I, this is where I used to do the interviews and reviews and stuff. Um, it's uh, right, right. booksandtea.ca. So and the word and, not an ampersand, booksandtea.ca. Yes, because an ampersand is not a valid. No not valid for URL. So yeah. And uh, I'm also uh-huh. pretty active on Twitter. So if you want to look at me, look for me on Twitter, it's um, at C Vasilevsky. So C V A S I L E V S K I. Yep. All right. Awesome sauce. Yeah. Um, so, you know, thank you so much. Yes. And, thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to uh, YouTube performances with that drum when you're a little more comfortable. Oh, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll or, see. Or, tic- or TikToks or, or Twitter, or whatever little, little snippets on Twitter, you know. We'll, so we'll give it a few months, maybe. <laughs> Sounds fair. Sounds fair. Cool. Um, but yeah, any any time you want to come back, some major changes or, or your system changes, or you just want to talk, you know, give us a shout. We'll do it again. Cool. No Sounds awesome. At all. Yeah. All right. Um, right. Okay. And uh, yeah, and then for the people at home, we will be right back after this. Honestly, I, I have to say thank you so much to Christina for coming on the show and for talking to us about how you stay productive. And really, it was a lot of fun, and I hope you folks enjoyed it as much as I do. All right, so it's time for the word. The word of the week. The badge code, the activity code that you need to claim a badge on ProductivityAlchemy.com. And this week it is orange shirt. All one word, orange shirt. And we will talk a little bit more about that in a moment. Um, But what you do is you take 
this word and you go to productivityalchemy.com and you look for the little box that says activity code and you type it in there and you press submit or you know activate or whatever the button is i can't remember right now and it will give you a badge yes a badge a badge in open badges format that you can then use to show off how much of productivity alchemy you've listened to okay it's yeah no uh Maybe that's not the best reason, but you can get all those batches, all the batches from all the episodes on the website. You just kind of have to listen to them all. Uh, there are other badges out there too that you can get like everybody's favorite fail. Um, and that code is hidden somewhere in past episodes and other places. But hey, um, that's not the only thing you can get there on productivityalchemy.com. You can see all the show notes with all the links to things that we talked about and the links to things we talked about on past episodes. You can even listen to those self-same past episodes there on the website. Isn't that awesome? And there's other things there like, uh, you know, an about page and uh, contact form where you can volunteer as a tribute and appear on Productivity Alchemy yourself. And, you know, uh, a couple places where you can t- contact people like Dino, who we will be having on, I guess, at the end of the month. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, uh, it's exciting. But the one thing you shouldn't click, you should not click the link that says support. I mean, you can if you really want to, and that'll show you stuff like Patreon and Kofi and other things. But honestly, we're doing great. We don't need it. We're in great shape. And if that changes, we certainly will be sure to tell you, probably by saying, dear God, like and subscribe and talk to our our sponsor over here. No, I'm not going to take sponsors. No, don't. We don't need money. And we're not at a point where, you know, uh, I'm promising not to have sponsors on this podcast anyway. Yeah, anyway, that much being said, don't click that that support link. We don't need your su- financial support. The people who do need your financial support are the uh, Gord Downey and Cheney Winjack Fund that Christina talked about, where they're working with the... Uh, 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 recognition and reparations from the residential school system in Canada. And, you know, like she said, the last of those schools closed in the 90s. In the 90s. That's within living memory for almost all of us listening. Um, At least listening here. I mean, that's crazy. Um, It's just heartbreaking and mind-bending. And so, you know, anything we can do to help with any of the uh, efforts on uh, reparations, on truth and recognition, any of the work that they're doing um, at the Downey and Winjack Fund, then, you know, let's let's support it. Um, and like I said, this also means wearing orange on the orange shirt day in recognition. So, you know, get out there and wear that orange shirt on the appropriate day, which I'm now looking up on the web because I cannot remember off the top of my head when it is. You know, it's times like this that I, I miss my uh, my uh, co-host because she's a foil. Um, there we go. And, and it helps keep me on track. So September 30th is Orange Shirt Day. Uh, I know I will be doing that uh, that recognition in 2023 since it is, is past now but we were on the cusp of it when we recorded things. So yeah, go out there, give them your support. They need it. And uh, otherwise support people who need 
money way more than we do, which is a lot of people. Um, I can't begin to list it. So, yeah. That's it for me this week, folks. Uh, next week we have a letter show. Ursula should be recovered by then. I'm excited. Um, and you can, like I said, with the contact form, you can send in your letters so that I can read them and maybe answer some questions or at least comment on them um, in our next recording session. So, yeah, that's it. Get out there, folks. Uh, do your best to you know stay productive no matter what that looks like. Uh, for me, it looks like resting because I'm tired. I don't know why. I'm really tired today. 